Welcome to this session. I'm Arlene Allen, David Walker, my colleague in Inexplicable Things, and he's the campus IT architect here at UC Davis. I'm from Santa Barbara. And we're going to talk to you today about the Information Technology Architecture Group. There's, you've probably heard in Pete's opening address yesterday, there's the IT Leadership Council, the ITLC, group of CIOs and others throughout the system who take a look at IT issues overall, and they've created a number of, of advisory groups over time. There's some older advisory groups like the Communications Planning Group has been around for quite a while, and then there's some newer groups like the IT Architecture Group. We're potentially one of the most recent ones. I think, yeah, maybe we are the most recent one. So anyway, um, IT Architecture Group created at the behest of the ITLC, and what we're doing here is we're, this is an excerpt from our charge, and we're trying to take um, a look from the UC perspective, and, and, and not strictly architecture in the sense of if you're an enterprise architecture student and you buy the books on, on the subject. We're not using architecture in, in the capital A sense. But we're looking at this as a way of bringing our campuses and other institutions together and having a, a dialogue, a common dialogue of how can we orchestrate, organize ourselves in a way to do architecture in, in a more than at the campus level. So common frameworks and preferred technologies throughout the UC system, obviously that has a lot of latitude. We do different things at different campuses. Some medical centers obviously are very, very different from the campuses in terms of the software that they use and the approaches that they take. But our goal, our charge, is to try to bring this together, the standards and practices and preferred technologies, and um, discuss, figure out where the opportunities are and, and what, what are the hard, what are the easy things. Um, mentioned the representation. The URL at the bottom here, I know Albert UCLA, a little plug, I don't know if anybody's here from UCLA, but UCLA's got some nice wiki spaces available and they've made um, the wiki available to these UC-wide groups. The ITLC has um, wiki space on, on Albert's wiki. So do we, so does the Identity UC Trust work group of, of which David is also the founder. He's kind of like our fearless leader in a, in a number of UC-wide um, endeavors, so it's his his name will oftentimes come up. If you don't know who to ask first, perhaps ask David. Yes, thank you. And here's the representation. We tried to get representation from all of the campuses and um, Lawrence Berkeley. So the chairs, Marina Arsenia of UC Irvine, Emily Deer, UC San Diego, and David Walker, of course, co-chair. So good thing to have co-chairs because these groups, a lot of times, there's a lot of, of activity, a lot of work to be done. Helps a little bit to spread the load. Helps a little bit to have multiple individuals focusing on, on organizing and moving the group forward. Um, ITAG work plan, since we're a relatively new group, um, this, is, this, this is a relatively con recently constructed work plan. The item that kicked off our group from the ITLC perspective, this was the thing that was foremost in their minds um, for why we should reinvigorate this group, was the Kuali Rice assessment. Um, we're going to talk about that later on in some subsequent slides. Kuali Rice basically is the middleware component 
of the Kowali Open Source or Community Source Consortium out of Indiana University and elsewhere. They're building Kowali Financial System, Kowali Coeus, which is the research administration, and Kowali Student. So the RICE is, is a middleware component of that suite. Browser standards, this came up very recently. Again, ITLC, they created our group, and so this came out of ITLC. They're saying, you know, we're deploying these UC-wide applications. The learning management system is an example, UC-wide. We already had AYSO for quite some time. Um, other applications, Conexus, um, UC-ready, some of these are, are still a little bit in, in the deployment stage, but a number of UC-wide applications, okay, all of these are, are for the most part web connectivity, and now that all 10 campuses um, plus others are going to be using these applications, what are the implications of, of, of the, the server development vis-a-vis uh, -vis the browser standard? So all of a sudden that came up. Shell Wagner, CIO at Berkeley, brought that issue up and added it to our work. On our last conference call just a week ago, we, we had pretty much our first discussion in, in that vein. So just getting started on that one. A repository of standards and guidelines. Um, this is more on the order of wouldn't it be useful. We all have a lot of documentation at, at our campus, a lot of good work done at many different places. Can we bring some of this good work together and create a repository um, of, of just well-known information that we don't constantly, year after year after year, be asking someone at, that you know at another campus, hey, I remember you had this document on such and such, and this is the way to do it, and wouldn't it be great if we had this in a location that we could share it, et cetera. Dick? I, I, I was going to say, and I don't hope, but have to share one microphone here. This is, this, remember, this is the, this is the no frills uh, UCCSC, so <laughs> there's always one short of the number of percenters. <laughs> <laughs> That was true in my last presentation, too. I had to bring in one of these chairs. There's somebody else here. Anyway, I was just going to mention the repository of standards and guidelines is what Arlene said, but it's also uh, there will be a process associated with it that there will be official UC standards and guidelines that, that will be vetted through a process that's administered by ITAG, although it will be a, a, a broader uh, input than just ITAG. So that was the only thing. Yeah. Right. Very, very good point. And one of the reasons, I, I guess I didn't go there yet because I feel like we're so early in that process is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm as yet imagining which standards and yeah, guidelines we're going to be bringing to the fore. Yeah. But good point. Um, User provisioning with the UC Trust Work The UC Trust Work Group, one of the ITLC commission groups that's been around for a while, specifically oriented around uh, UC Trust deployment. I'm sure everybody's pretty familiar with that if you're with the UC. And um, that work group has, for the, has gotten a lot of, of, I would say, the principal charge behind them, with the exception of my campus. And um, so <laughs> a little anti-plug there. And one of the things that's coming up is, is the how do we deploy to some of these large-scale centralized systems. We have federated identity management, common authentication, if you will, perhaps some attribute sharing. But, what is, but above and beyond the attribute sharing, what is the nature of the user provisioning stream? What are the processes that we can come up with? And that's, that's a whole brand new topic. And actually, did you guys talk about that at the last meeting? Was that because I wasn't there? You mean the one before the last one? One on Friday. I wasn't in the. Oh, the UC Trust meeting. 
Yeah. I think we did some. The, the, this is this actually came out of the ITLC right now is is trying to become uh, more of a proactive group uh, in starting up process. Uh, pro, uh, Projects and, and making sure that the, the the advisory groups that it has, like ITAG, are, are are doing the right things. They know what their charge is. They they you know they, they've got a structure that, that keeps them moving and things. And so they recently went through an exercise of kind of just making sure all of that was documented. They knew what it was. And one of the things they looked for were were, were projects to do it. And this this was something that the UC Trust Group has felt a lot of pain on the the the, uh, the learning management system that came out uh, you know for staff training and and the uh, and Conexus and other things have, have been the, the authentication has been relatively easy. People, you know, people, it's just enabled through UC Trust. But then every campus had to implement something that would send a set of data records off to this system, so that the system would have the information about the people that were using it that it needed. And so what we're talking about here is trying to come up with a common way to do that, and not to have it be ad hoc, not only for each application. But but essentially ad hoc for each of the twelve locations that, for each application that have to send it. So so the idea here is to do that and 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 so that's something UC Trust Workgroup has been seeing for a couple of years now as as, a, as an actual problem. The um, um, and then with the ITAG being formed, then the ITAG will be looking at it. And the, the idea there's a first phase that completes uh, October, I think. Uh, or it's supposed to. We'll have to see if it does, because it, we, we literally just last week got the go-ahead on this from the ITLC. Uh, so we really haven't structured it. But yeah, it's, the idea is to to try and solve that. And we'll, the initial thing will be to identify the right architecture and scope out what the project is, what kinds of resources it'll need, and then the ITLC will have to decide whether or not to allocate those those resources. And he's made a good point by implication is is that the IT architecture group, the ITAG, views a lot of its work now and in the future as it's going to be collaborative in with other UC-wide groups as, as some of the subject matter develops out. There's going to be intergroup activity. It's not just pure to a particular um, working group like ITAG. Um, and if there's time, um, not much to add there. It's uh, lots of, of things when you when you first start a group like this. There's a lot of really good ideas, and, and actually that's not the entire list of, of ideas. So it's just a good a good start, as they say. Yeah. So, okay, and this is where we switch. We actually had a game plan. <laughs> So the um, so the the first task that we were asked to uh, is this working? Okay. The first task we were asked to do was was an assessment of quality rice. Um, it came up in a meeting of the ITLC. Uh, it, 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 sometimes these things happen. It, it came out in a meeting of the ITLC that I was actually happened to be there for some, for another reason. Um, and, but 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 rice came up. And people were saying, "Well, we really ought to use rice." Let's, this feels like it's moving. Let me move it down a little bit. So, so anyway, the uh, um, <clears throat> and and then well, who should do it? And I said, well, actually, you know, we created this architecture group a couple of years ago, but it only had one meeting and didn't really go anywhere because the ITAG isn't actually brand new. It's actually two two and a half years old. Um, but we revi so we decided let's re revitalize it, and so we created it. We created the work plan. We created the charge and everything. Got it blessed by the ITLC, and now it's actually doing some things. And it did complete a couple of months ago an assessment of rice. 
Um, but just as background for people who don't know, uh, it's, it's Kuali Rice. Uh, Kuali is, uh, uh, I guess it's a nonprofit foundation uh, where members are uh, institutes of higher education. The, um, it's what they call community source, which is, uh, I'm sure the Kuali people would disagree with this, but community, all open source projects uh, live or die on how well they're organized, unless they're a single, single developer kind of thing. And there have been different models for how to organize, but community sources is a model that came out of Kuali, and it's also, uh, uh, Sakai is, is, I don't know if it's identical, but it's very similar. And, and, and so institutions join, they actually pay something, they dedicate resources in terms of people to the project, and, uh, and there's an agreement of how it happens. There's a decision-making process that's put in place. There are boards and things like that. So, um, so that's what Kuali is. And then the, the, what they're looking at are essentially enterprise-type applications for, for universities. So the first thing that came out of Kuali, and in fact, a lot of times when people said Kuali, in the first couple of years, what they meant was the Kuali financial system because that was the only application. Um, but now there's also Kuali Koyas, which is a research administration system that's in, in the works, Kuali Student, and there are other ones being talked about too, other applications. Now one of the things that happened is it, initially it was a single application, so it was built like we always build single applications, just a big monolith, not monolithic truly, but you know one thing that was all put together. When they started coming up with other applications, they realized, well, all of these are going to need some workflow. They all need a service bus, and so, so essentially there's this middleware layer that comes out of it, and that they called RICE, which is the next line. Thank you. And um, <clears throat> so that's a middleware layer that was extracted from Kuali Financial System and then is being adopted by the other applications, um, which has, and, and this all has happened within the last six months to a year. Uh, and so, 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 so it's very new. Rice 1.0 is almost out. Um, we, we knew we were looking at something that wasn't yet uh, even in version one. And of course, uh, three always seems to be the magic version when things are actually uh, usable. Uh, that seems to be the case with the quality financial system. Uh, the three seems to be the first one that will be, be deployed someplace. And, um, and so, uh, of course, RICE is going to have to happen faster than that, I think. Uh, my hope is two would be usable. Uh, I think one is usable, actually. And here at Davis, uh, we are actively uh, looking to use it for some things outside of the quality applications. Um, but, but RICE provides a workflow um, and um, a service bus, a notification service, so that, uh, for example, if you got a workflow item, you'd be able to, you know, my phone could go off and tell me that I have to log in and respond to this workflow thing, approve some purchase or something like that. Um, it has a framework for presentation for web applications, and it also has something that they call identity management, but because of my history with identity management, I say it's really access to that other identity management system. It's not actually inside of Rice. Uh, you could, it, it, Rice does have identity management, and you could, could run identity management there, but it really probably you, wouldn't, you would find it wasn't really dealing with a broad set of applications thing. So almost all institutions I've heard of are planning to have it plug into their existing identity management system. Um, uh, the other thing, by the way, in the workflow, they have a thing called eDoc Lite, 
um, which is which is a, a really neat thing. It's here on this campus. There's a lot of interest in it, and uh, it's probably a good thing if you're thinking about uh, seeing if you like the idea of running rice. It may be a good place to start. What EDOC Light is is a tool for moving uh, applications based on routed paper uh, into an electronic world. So you use XML to define the, what that paper looks like, what the fields are that need to be filled in, and by who you define the workflow that, you know, of approvals or notifications or sign-offs or whatever is needed, and, and then, you, then it becomes part of the workflow system. And uh, then people who get workflow items, of course, have a single interface for all of the eDoc Lite plus, plus the financial system or whatever else that they're involved in. So, so Rice sounds pretty good, but again, like I said, it's, it's not quite 1.0 yet. Uh, when we started this, the, even the APIs weren't, weren't completely finished. Uh, I, and uh, so we knew we were looking at something that was coming up in the future. And, and I think it's been very good. The, the, the assessment is, is uh, from that uh, URL that was on the first slide. The, uh, the assessment is available there if you want to look at it. Um, the, uh, <coughs> it does represent a consensus of, of, of all of the UC locations. And so you may, you know, but overall, I think, I think it's positive about Rice, but cautious, uh, given that it's, it's still largely something that uh, won't reach maturity for a little while. The, um, but still usable now and certainly usable for the Kuali applications. Um, the, uh, and it also resulted in a letter that was drafted by ITAG but came from the ITLC to the Kuali Rice Board that identified some issues that we want to look at. But I think first we'll go into some of, in the assessment we, we talked, and we're, we're just starting now with the Rice Board to, to work together to resolve the issues that we raised. Um, and I'll talk about what they are later, and if I don't get to it, remind me. It's, but but the, the, the main thing is that it's becoming a team effort, and I think that's a very good outcome for UC um, because uh, it, it does allow us to start thinking about doing something that seems to be being adopted in higher education. So, uh, so it's it, like the UC Trust shibboleth in common stuff that was done a few years ago where we made a decision to use a particular technology because it seemed to be the one that would be used in higher education. I think we have another opportunity like that here. So, yeah, we can go on to that. So, what do we want out of this? So we, we had a vision that, um, that what we want are interoperable strategies, I'm, I'm looking down here, that encourage and facilitate sharing and reuse of technology resources among our campuses while enabling the consolidation of business processes and functions. Now, there's actually a lot of meaning in that statement. I've got, we've got some other slides that define some of the terms. But the point is here, in, in, in ITAG, um, we... Um, we debated this for some time and finally came up with this is, is what, we, what we meant. We, it was one of those debates where everybody basically was thinking the same thing, but we couldn't figure out how to say it right. And uh, so, so the, the idea is we're looking for strategies, and we actually do want to be sharing technology components and, 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 and reusing them. And I'll, there's, there's a subtle difference there that I'll talk about in a second. But, and we want to encourage that because we're technologists. The notion that 
but we didn't want to say that in order to, accom- to, to accomplish the sharing of IT resources, that business processes must change. Because it should be the other way around. The business processes should be driving the technology. So, so, so we go as far as saying within the constraints of what the business processes are, we, we want to share and reuse as much as we can. But, and, and also we want to enable this, this and, and with a hidden agenda, actually, of encouraging, of course. But the fact is that it's not within our scope to say that, that, that business processes should be consolidated. And by consolidation here, I mean that, that for example, um, the, the example I always give is payroll. And I've got a, a Mr. Payroll here in front of me. In the, but anyway, but, but, the, 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 but he, he, he has a, a group reporting, Bruce has a group reporting to him with, with separate instances of the payroll system for a number of campuses that are run out of OP. Okay, that's because each campus has its own payroll office. And, and, and the payroll system isn't designed to run payroll for multiple organizations. It's designed to run it for one organization. So the way you get multiple organizations to run multiple payrolls, okay, if you consolidated, then you, you would get it. Anyway, we'll get to that in a, a little bit more in a second. But that's the idea: is we want we want to we want to do this um, and and enable enable the business process consolidation because we know that the university is looking at that kind of thing to save money right now. But we we can't put ourselves in the position of forcing it because of a technology issue. So we can go to the next. Um, so interoperable. Uh, this was another one that actually came up with it. I I, I originally drafted a, a definition of interoperable as an ex networking guy, and then people said, no no no, that's not. It. But anyway, the, the 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 important thing is is that you have software components that can that can interact with each other probably over a network. And uh, that that may involve uh, some kind of gateway or adapter in between, in which case you just need to know that there's common semantics of, of, of what the the thing is that you're you're interoperating. But um, but in, but the the network definition tends to say that the protocols and data formats are also the same, so that you get you, you don't have to have any kind of gateway; it just communicates straight over a network. But basically, things are interoperable if they can work with each other. Um, in addition, if you have two different organizations doing it, you need to have interorganizational trust. As, assuming that, the, that what's being done in, in, you know, is, is something that you care about. Um, and, of course, UC Trust builds on that a lot. If you're doing federated authentication, you really need to trust the other guy to do what you expect him to do. So this is actually another... Thing, it's not a technical interoperational issue, it's an organizational interoperational issue. And you need to make sure that you think about that when you start doing this stuff. So we can go on. Now, sharing, what we mean is that you have a single instance of software and it's being used by two different organizations. Okay? So it's not the payroll model. That, that's reuse. We'll get to that. It's, it's, the, it's the model that says that... that uh, that, um, that that it's actually a single instance being used that way, and and, and ob- a single instance probably carries a lower operational cost. Um, so that's that's sharing, just to define it. And then reuse is when you take the source code and run it again, either at another institution or at the same institution. You know, and, and payroll has both of those kinds of things going on. So. Uh, so there's definitely a savings in development and certain kinds of maintenance effort if you uh, uh, if you reuse software, but you do have two different op- 
two separate operations, and you may have been able to uh, to uh, to uh, get an economy of scale out of running a, a, a few or several operations as Bruce does for payroll, but uh, but it's still a greater effort probably than if you have a single instance of software. Okay. And then this slide talks about that relationship between business processes and the sharing and reuse of, of technology. And so if, if you have your business processes consolidated, if you have one payroll office, you're almost certainly going to run one copy of the software. You aren't going to run two, two instances of payroll to support a single office. So that fo flows pretty naturally. Um, if you have two, two payroll offices, that uh, that that operate under the same practices, then then you may be able to share if the software is structured right, but you um, you can probably reuse at least um, the um, and 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 of course common practices common is is a you know isn't identical and and so how far it drifts away from being identical affects how effective. Uh, either sharing or reuse can be, but basically that's that's the idea. And then, but if you have two different payroll offices that have different processes, you might be able to reuse software. You almost certainly won't be able to share, and and maybe you won't even be able to do that. So uh, so the 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 and, and this this is an important thing because it, it sort of sets a limit on how far the technology people can go uh, can accomplish without uh, a, a partnership with the business people. And, and, and really I suppose in one, in some ways, this is a, this is a cry for for those partnerships, not for one side to set out on its own. Okay, what do we have next? Okay, so we've got some uh, use cases here. Uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty good. We wanted to, we're, we're leaving time for discussion at the end, and, and so. Uh, huh? Oh, is it? It didn't help, did it? <laughs> okay, did it? Okay. Yeah. So, um, just looking at some things. These are uh, most of these are at least usually loosely real instance uh, examples. Uh, it is true there's a timesheet application running here at Davis that UC Irvine would like to use. Um, huh? Yes. And uh, and it's interesting because it's run out of letters and sciences right now, although it's moving to uh, uh, Office of Administration. <coughs> and then somewhere in the middle, um, the, the uh, Marina Arseniev, who's the ITAG member from uh, from Irvine, contacted me, assuming that our department was running it, which isn't the case. But anyway, um, so so anyway, um, so. Actually, what they would like to do, well, okay, let's not talk about what they would like to do. But they, they're just asking, you know, we understand this thing is written in .NET. You guys obviously have a .NET environment, so would you run it for us? Um, because Irvine doesn't have a .NET environment. Uh, so they want to reuse it. They want to reuse it. They're assuming, in this case, it's a separate instance of the thing. Uh, time, time reporting is something that's probably people would be even willing to change their business processes if they came up with an easier way to do it. So it's probably, you know, it's because it's only the reporting part. Um, and um, and so, so, but what do you need to do? Well, the, it's, but behind it, it's got workflow, right? 
So, uh, and, and now I'm departing from the actual system because this is sort of, these are all instances that, that relate to the kinds of things that we would like to see happen in Rice. Um, so this is assuming that the middleware for this timesheet system is separated out. In fact, it would be Rice in this case. Um, but the, the uh, so what you'd like is the, the Davis inst instance would use the workflow engine for, um, for Davis, but, but the Irvine people want to use their own workflow engine. So, so the UCI instance would, would use the Irvine workflow, uh, even though both of them would physically be run at Davis. Uh, is that what I, I'm sorry, that's a different use case. So these are, these are ones where UCI actually runs the .NET. I'm getting confused in my use cases. So, um, but, but, uh, but anyway, the, the requirement here is that each, both campuses have similar runtime and middleware, interoperable. The runtime system, the platform, has to be able to run the application at both places, and then the middleware has to be able to interoperate with it. Now if we go to the next one, this is, let me make sure I read it carefully. Um, yes, this is the one where Davis would run both of them, you still have the Davis instance using the Davis middleware and the UCI instance using the UCI middleware. Um, but now Davis is operating both of them. Well, the, the network can make that, you know, you communicate there. But you start wanting to, to you want a more common middleware API, although you probably wanted that before. Um, Davis has the runtime platform for both of them, though. So you really just need the interoperable middleware because the, the Irvine doesn't need the, the platform. So you've gained some advantage there of having, uh, having Davis run it for them. This is, this is very much like the payroll model, too. A campus may not need a mainframe, certainly doesn't need a mainframe to run payroll if OP's mainframe is running payroll for them. Uh, okay, so, and I think this one was yours, wasn't it? You want yeah, this back? Okay, this is uh, um, a real quickie example. The fourth one is, is actually the more interesting case, but I wanted to precede it with a simplistic case. Now, this is hypothetical. It has no association with the reality of how this might proceed. But instead of reuse, we're saying share here. And share, we already have some real examples of this. Think the UC-wide LMS. In this case, it's a hosted system. A, a vendor is providing it, but, but the net result is the same. The interface to it, the middleware, is the identity management system. There is no other interface or, or workflow, enterprise service bus, anything like that going on. It's basically an application out there in software as a service land, think salesforce.com, if you will. And we're using nothing but identity information to get in and out of it. That's the most primitive example of, of a shared application. And uh, from my perspective, I see that actually happening more often than, than most. I mean, because the deployment is such a simple form of deployment that that's a very common scenario to have that kind of sharing. Now, the fourth example is um, basically about the Kuali financial system, using that as an example and a much more complex form of sharing that David's going to talk about. So... Um, so anyway, this one, I'm shifting the example away from the timesheet system to the quality financial system, although this is also somewhat real. In fact, originally it was three campuses talking about this, Santa Barbara being one of them. 
Um, and uh, this is a partnership between technology and business. The uh, Basically, UC's controllers have been looking at this. Uh, and and uh, I think the, the jury's still out on exactly whether this will be a, a reuse or a share kind of thing, although I think it's leaning more and more towards reuse with with a with a perhaps with a with a common uh, institution operating the, the multiple instances, um, but uh, again because the financial system right essentially runs the accounting function for for a, a campus. So the question is, have the campuses consolidated their accounting functions? And that's the question: Are they? So um, so anyway. Uh, Right now, Irvine and Davis are, are uh, still in this coalition, and Santa Barbara is to some degree. I haven't pulled out completely. Um, and uh, the idea is to share a common financial system between the two campuses. Well, what does that mean? It certainly means that you need it to use UC Trust to do the authentication as in, the, in the previous example that was mentioned. You need to be able to identify users from both places. But it's more than that. Again, if, if a workflow item is generated by the system, it needs to go to a person at the right campus. And the two campuses aren't necessarily running the same workflow engine. Uh, in fact, I guess one of the assumptions here is that the middleware layer probably is specific to a campus. Uh, it may, again, you may have middleware expert campuses that run on behalf of others, but basically that there's an instance that's associated with each of the campuses. And so this one is, is one of the, there were three major issues that we mentioned to the Quali Foundation. And the one that's really more architectural as opposed to uh, making uh, strategic directions clear and, and, make, and having a sustainable business model and things like that, the one that's really more architectural is us saying we really need to be able to federate a lot of these things. And so, so this is an example that talks about that. We're assuming that UC Irvine and Davis are not sharing middleware. In fact, Irvine already has a workflow engine that is not Rice, um, and uh, so I, you know, I haven't—I don't know what they're planning to do, but but it wouldn't be unreasonable for them to say, okay, we're going to use Rice, but we're going to plug our own existing workflow engine into the Rice framework and use it that way. Um, so different workflow uh, and service bus and, and all these other things, um, and but they they need to. Um, but, but there's only a single instance, so the application can only plug into one middleware. The application, unless you have two instances of the application, is, is only going to plug into one middleware. It's not going to, not, you don't want the application have to, to make a decision about how to do workflow routing. That should be in the workflow, and so it should be in the initial thing in, in this layer that's there. So, so the the. Um, <clears throat> So what you want is the workflow layer to recognize that it sometimes has to hand things off to other workflows. Same thing with service buses, uh, where uh, you know services being offered among the campuses and, and easily. I, I don't know all the details of uh, quality financial system, but I can imagine that it might need to to invoke an external um, uh, service on the campus, and that would be a different service for Davis and Irvine, even though it would be 
you know generically the same and the application would want to call it in the same way so so the question is how do you do that how do you start federating those things and we don't know the answers but we're this is one of the main architectural areas we're actually looking at with rice and and it's it's an area that we think you see may have some strengths in helping to solve that because the the federation issue hits us more strongly than say a Princeton or a Stanford or something. I'm not sure they're in the Quali Foundation, but anyway, the fact that we're a system of universities means that we run into these things. So, uh, so we're, this is an area that we're offering to help the Quali people with. Um, I'm not sure. I've had people raise with me that that might break the community source model because, or or that it might be that the Quali people say, "Gee, we'd really like your help, but you have to you have to sign a contract with us, and you have to you know, and you have to pay us money to to help us." But I, I think probably we won't run, end up in that funny situation, uh, and we may you know I think based on the results of these things, we we may want to put more money into the Quali Foundation anyway as a strategic partner. Uh, so I think we're about to discussion, aren't we? Yeah. So I know if people have questions. Uh, these are some some thoughts on things that people we may want to talk about here. Uh, ideas for the the next year's work plan. Um, we're still getting ideas for this year's work plan, of course. <laughs> at some point, we're going to have to start saying, "Well, it's going to go into 2010 anyway." Um, the uh, how you might interact with ITAG. Um, Browser standards, of course, is the new thing that we're undertaking. Uh, Marina Arseniev is taking the lead in that within uh, our group and the, the various people looking at it. Um, but we can certainly talk about it and anything else that people might want to talk about. So do we have uh, have questions? Ah, good. I can figure out how to say it. Uh, I need one of those. So... <laughs> And, and, and trying to accomplish anything system-wide, right, you, you have the, the, the two heads of the dragon, I suppose, the, the business side and the technology side, right? So in terms of getting a consensus on the technology side in terms of how we want to do things or getting support from the business side for them to alter processes so that they could make use of some of these growths and technologies, what is the strategy for being able to bring it all together? I mean, one, is the ITLC sufficiently motivated in that regard, perhaps because of the budget, but are they sufficiently motivated? And secondarily, with regard to the business side, engaging the business side, to what degree do we see them getting on board with altering their process? Well, I think, I mean, that's a real issue. And, of course, in our charge, we kind of, or the vision, we, 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 we kind of said, well, we're going to enable it, but, but it's somebody else's decision to do it. Um, I actually think also that it's, it's part of the architect's job to point out where this is an issue. Um, but it still needs to be somebody else's decision. I think... Even the ITLC is probably in that position too. And if there is a management decision to, you know, to keep processes separate and to say that each campus deals with it on its own, and they're good. I mean, UC has a lot of strength by not consolidating a lot of things. Um, I, I, I tend to be in the camp thinking it's probably gone a bit too far in that direction. But, but nevertheless, there, there are some things you don't want just a general uh, crusade to go out and consolidate things at UC. That would be a bad mistake. 
Um, and uh, so, so I anyway, I think that uh, you want to point it out. You want to you want to try to encourage it. But ultimately, if there's been a management decision made, it's not clear that technology, the, the opportunity to save money in technology should drive, should, should override the organization. So that, that's, yeah. But anyway, you, you can. Uh, I'll just okay. um, I sit in, I'm, I'm kind of an ITLC associate, if you will, since I sit in on all of the meetings and participate in the conference calls. And one of the things that I hear from the ITLC is, is, is I, I hear what David just articulated, add a little nuance to it. They want to create opportunities. They, there's no nobody is using a word as profound as as the S strategy word because that that implies a grand plan and all those kinds of things. And I think the ITLC is is understanding enough to realize that this is an iterative process, and that the kind of charges that the various groups, including ITAG, are going to get, are going to be reflective of of progressive movement down the road as opposed to the end game all in one flash. So I think we're, we're going to be asked to look at things that in a way allow us to make incremental improvement, to bring incremental um, consolidation of business function should the business side of the university say this is in our best interest, we want to do this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no one in the, everyone in the ITLC is highly respectful of the, of the fact that that IT requests, um, the need for new IT functionality or change needs to come from the business side. The, the uh, ITLC is certainly not going to invent it. Sort of on a related uh, uh, question, uh, is there anyone, any one person or group on the business side of, of UC who's taken on uh, the role of encouraging people uh, uh, to to take advantage of this to look and to look at what are the uh, the monetary and other benefits uh, to to the system of, of looking at this for different applications. I'm trying. There, there are some examples. There was the Morabito, uh, yeah, yeah, which was administrative efficiencies was what they were looking for. So that was vice chancellors for administration and others. But I think. Right, I think yeah. it came out of the vice chancellor. Right. The charge went out from Sam Rubito to <coughs> controllers. Um, it, it went all over. His charge came from the president, and and it was to do very much what you just described. It was okay. We're we're going fishing. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, we're looking for genuine innovation. We're looking for ideas. You know, the boots on the, on the street. What what are people thinking? Um, you know, and and let's backfeed this into and and it was it was quite a large. I mean, there was a lot of 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 verbiage written and and submitted, and that's and that's still kind of mulling around. One of the actual outcomes of that that's happening as as we speak, and in fact there was another session that mentioned it, was the shared research computing pilot project. The the clusters that are going to be put at Lawrence Berkeley and at San Diego Super, those clusters specifically came out of one of the commentaries in the Morabito report that was basically, you know, why can't we share high performance computing, blah blah blah. So that was that was an example of that. Something that you guys will see pretty soon, which is um, a way for employees to select their direct deposit bank through AYSO. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, and one last thing to add. It was, it was, you might um, want to repeat what the... Repeat. <laughs> Bruce was I just saying. I went on to my next thought. Sorry. <laughs> I have another answer for Bruce. Oh, oh. Well, do you want to, well, you you want want to repeat it? Well, I can. Well, sure. Right. The first repeat is that the direct deposit or the sure pay election, um, which I'm not supposed to use the word sure pay anymore. It's a, it's a copyrighted word, but we all know what we mean um, with uh, uh, direct deposit out of pay- paycheck. Uh, that's a, a Morobito report recommendation that is being uh, implemented by the payroll system base group and will be release soon. The second thing I wanted to mention, because uh, Bruce was asking about what business owners are interested in in common practices and common bu- common business practices, and it's the controllers. And the controllers have been wor- meeting every month, all the controllers from all of the campuses. They've been meeting monthly up at, at OP, and they are working on a uh, white paper, which is in sort of draft form now, so you guys probably haven't seen it yet. Uh, that really uh, specifically addresses uh, principles for getting business processes pulled together. And so, I mean, I think there's some some movement on the business side um, from the controllers group that's that supporting that. Do you know where that white paper will be posted or how it will be get, getting out to uh, no, I don't know where they're gonna where they're gonna put it. No, this is the white paper the controllers are working on. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's still in draft. It's still draft. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably not hard to find a copy of it, although it's not official yet. By the way, Sam Morabito, I don't think we've been tossing his name around. He's the vice chancellor for administration at UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. One chaser thought before I let it go. Um, The interaction with the ITAG, one thing I forgot to mention was – Obviously, ITLC has been charging the ITAG with, you know, here's A, here's B, here's C. Think about this. It occurred to us that perhaps the campuses, that from the campus perspective, rather than going from the CIO group, campuses would say, hey, I have this thought about architecture or, or shared, um, you know, software or middleware, whatever it is that, that you had this thought about that wouldn't it be useful to have the group receptive to some, you know, I don't know what the process would look like. It's a very simple process, hopefully, where people said, you know, gee, wouldn't it be great if the ITAG had a discussion about this particular subject, whatever it may be. So, you know, that's another thought that's occurred to us. 30 different topics. Yeah. Did did everybody catch who their representative is? (laughs) Uh, we can bring that slide back up if you want to see. Any other questions? Okay. So, browser standards, uh, when? Browser, yeah. Um, um, this well, year. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing. Um, I think in order to do browser standards competently, we're going to need a lot of input. It's really easy to talk about browser standards in the abstract. Okay, let me bring up just one point here. You're not just talking about HTML and whether you like Safari versus, you know, Mozilla or what what your favorite thing is. We're talking about all of the the encoded languages that run within the browser. Do you like JavaScript? What are the security implications of JavaScript? Well, how are you on Java applets? How are you on ActiveX, unsigned objects, blah, blah, blah? That's browser standards, so I have a feeling people have opinions about this. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, when you when you look around at the campuses for browser standards, you tend to see a list of 
two to half a dozen browsers with a specific version that are supported. Yeah. Well, I think that's what a lot of people... But, but actually, there's no way ITAG can keep up with that. You know, I don't even know how the individual campuses keep up with it. But And, and it might be good to to actually, you know, if, if, if ITAG could put something in place where something would be updated periodically. But I think ITAG would be better in terms of establishing a standard to talk more about the kinds of things that, that Arlene was talking about and say, these are the characteristics of a standard browser. And then and then you can talk about, you know, compliance or something like that. Um, and uh, but this yeah this this actually came uh, it, it came from one of the CIOs at the ITLC after uh, um, one of the you know another system wide thing came out that didn't support some browser that he needed it to support and uh, and I know I I was it was after I was there but it, but it, I was involved in a lot of them before and I think. I think most of them have had some degree of problem one way or another. I mean, everything does, but some of them were pretty bad. The learning management system, I know, was, was bad to, to put something out that actually there was a legal requirement for people to do something, and then, and then they, you know, they didn't have the right kind of system to, to run it, or, or it didn't run on a system that was approved you know, by UC. So, uh, so anyway, uh, other questions or comments? You, you, you want to mention, Chet, any of your 30 things that you... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, what comes to mind is the ITAG being a clearinghouse or a, a, an intersection for people at the campuses who have questions about, you know, different people doing job development, right? So ways of some kind of getting into the application architecture, right? Oh, okay. And there's, there's .NET as well for some locations. So there's a number of common technologies throughout the system, and can ITAG be a way to facilitate the interaction of those different groups at different locations? Yeah. Right. Th that's actually um, we should have, should have a slide about that actually because we know that ITAG can't create all the standards and guidelines that come out of there. That's what that's that's that notion that was hidden behind that repository is that we knew other groups, other subgroups of the ITLC, the communications planning group, you know, others, are going to create standards. What we did, though, was say that ITAG owns the repository and the process. So CPG could come up with a proposed standard for something, um, but then it would, I mean, it's not that ITAG would approve it, but ITAG would administer the process that makes sure it has the right kind of review and then, and then at some point becomes blessed as a standard and gets put into a repository with its status changed from draft to approved. Um, and so, so the issue with Java then would be, or with .NET would be, is that something that ITAG would take on itself or is it something that would, it would maybe say, is there a group of Java developers? I don't think there is a UC group of Java developers, but maybe there should be one. I think a lot of campuses have such groups, and so maybe maybe that's enough to, to kick off doing something and then have those groups propose things that then could be entered into the ITAX repository. Because I think, I think the, the thing is you want to be really inclusive and have a very broad representative in, this, in these kinds of things of developing standards and guidelines, but... but, but but you can't have ITAB be, tag be that big. <laughs> so, so I think this, this way you get the best of both worlds. Other things? 
five more minutes if anybody wants to ask any questions. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, everybody.